to a Plan for That podcast, where each week I will be meeting with organizers, leaders, and democracy warriors. And together, we will educate, invigorate, and elevate the progressive movement. Together, we will elect an army of progressives. Hey guys, it's Erin from Plan for That Podcast, and tonight, as all of us are being rocked through the news cycle, I wanted to take a new segment that we're calling The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly to help kind of nutshell everything that's going on. Um, I don't know about you, but a good thing that happened today is Derek Chauvin was found guilty. Does this mean we're finished? Hell no. It does not mean we're finished at all. The police were still able to kill someone, and until that is something that's held accountable to the point where it's never, ever happening again, we're not finished. So I am going to dedicate myself personally. I hope that you will join me in making sure that the police have accountability. What does that look like? Well, for me, it looks like ending qualified immunity. It looks like passing the Justice and Policing Act that's named after George Floyd, and For me, it also includes the Police Oversight Commission that Joe Biden ran his campaign on. I know there's a lot happening right now, you guys, but we can't forget what was promised during the campaign and push for change when change is needed. Joe Biden's been sounding great on Twitter all day talking about how this is just the first step and change is coming. Is he announcing the police commission oversight? Because if he is, I have two people that I want to see lead it. Julian Castro and Brittany Packnett Cummings. Who is she? Simple. She's someone that headed another police commission oversight board during the Obama administration. And Julian Castro is the only person, and yes, I love you, Elizabeth Warren, he is the only person that had a solid justice for police and police accountability as part of his campaign. So I want to see those two people, I want to see them in charge, and I want to hear what they're finding and what we need to do to get our police cleansed of the trash. Because trust me, there's a lot of it. While we were sighing in relief that there were actually going to be somebody held accountable today, another police officer killed and shot a 15-year-old girl. So no, we're not finished. This is not justice. This is accountability. And there is a difference. That being said, another part of the good news is that half of Americans are now vaccinated. This is a huge accomplishment, and I truly think that electing Joe Biden probably saved countless lives. The bad is, of course, the ugly spin that is happening during the Chauvin trial and the spin that our media joins in on more often than not. And what am I talking about here? I'm talking about how we're told to ignore what we've seen and ignore what we hear with our eyes and our ears every day. This is not okay. We need to insist that truth matters. Because here's a fun fact, and just in case you didn't know, Putin's goal is to create chaos in our country through untruth as a society. As in, we're so overwhelmed, we're so overwrought, there's so much happening all at the same time, and people just start to question what really occurred, what is real. We cannot come to that level. Because if you look into people who study fascism, that is one of the main signs of a fascist takeover, is when truth and facts cease to be important. They are important, and we have to insist on them. And now the ugly. And I already touched on this, but I'm sorry, it's quite ugly, and it's sticking in my craw. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Dante Wright, Adam Toledo, and on and on and on. Not only can cops act like thugs and barely have accountability, but it happens everywhere, red states, blue states. So no, don't come at me with racism is just a Southern thing, because it isn't. I know that there's a lot for the president to do, but we have to demand the Police Oversight Commission right now. Now, this is going to be my main push, along with voting rights, ending the filibuster, and making sure that we can actually continue to have a functioning democracy. And while the majority of Americans want change, and they desperately want it, you guys, it's 80%. Did you realize that? 
80%, according to Data for Progress and several other polls that I've read. So I've started asking myself a little game of questions. Who's in the way? We've talked about dark money, but I'm starting to wonder if there's something even darker and even more sinister afoot. And I can't tell you how happy I am that tonight we are going to be talking with Justin Coleman, because he is not just my buddy on Twitter. (laughs) He is also here to discuss what he's unearthed in his research on transnational organized crime, or what I like to call the mob. He's a researcher of global events, both large and small. He has a particular interest in corruption and other topics of influence. And when he's not saving democracy and leading the way, he is a barber in his local community. So I'm going to be asking him to weigh in on some of the more interesting things that I've seen in the news today. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. As a lifelong New Yorker, a mom, and as someone who has worked my entire career to increase access to opportunity for communities of color... I've been so proud to be a part of our city's calls for justice around systemic racism. Now's the time for us to change the broken systems we have lived with all of our lives. We can make history in this extraordinary moment. We are ready to create a new social justice compact where every New Yorker has an opportunity to succeed and thrive. But that requires sustained energy, focused purpose, and honest, bold leadership. I've already been the first mayoral candidate to join with countless others in calling for divesting resources from the police and investing them in the people. I am committed to putting an end to the racist and oppressive systems that are failing all of us. But that's just a start. As we lead, so shall others follow. We are New Yorkers. We can do this. Together. Hey, Justin, I am so glad that we have you tonight because in light of everything that's going on, I've started to connect some pretty disturbing dots and I need your help. Let me tell you. Okay. Okay. Thank you for having me. Uh, We'll see what we can do. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Justin, first, I want to get your take on the news of the day, of course, because it's on everyone's mind. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally am happy to see accountability, but our fight, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's not over. It just begun. Not by a long shot. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We can't live in a society where the police are even allowed to hurt someone, let alone kill them. Mm -hmm. And... um. I have kind of a weird background on this. I said in a previous episode that I used to be a dispatcher. And what that means is I had to take the same trainings that the police have to go through in terms of when to use excessive force, when to use deadly force, etc. There is never, (laughs) never a time that they're allowed to shoot someone unless they have first been fired on. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm serious. That is the standard. Mm-hmm. So what do you got? <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, um, I think with uh, like like yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with uh, the verdict. And, uh, you know, it gives you, uh, you know, a hope and a certain, you know, feel that, you know, justice can be served and, um, you know, I think you have to look at that situation in the window because, you know, not even an hour after the verdict was handed out, uh, there was another shooting in Columbus, Ohio. And, uh, you know, the facts to that still have to come out with that. But, you know, it's just another, you know, officer related shooting. So I think with the biggest thing, I think, with the whole Derek Chauvin case was that, you know, he was convicted, but it didn't really get into the why of what it was. And, um, you know, on, you know, on his face, you know, you see the race part of it, but, you know, you don't hear much about, you know, the property he had in Florida or, you know, the tax evasion, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's so much more stuff going on. It's like, you know, yes, he can be racist, but he's also was corrupt. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think if you if you just take the time to look for, you know, 
the sinister plot to it. You know, I think it helps to build a better picture of it and it helps people to understand what exactly is going on because, you know, you have to find a motive with that, that type of situation, you know, because if it's reduced to one thing, you may miss another thing, you know, and I mean, it's, it's a great day, but you know, it's still steps are going to have to be taken to make sure it doesn't happen again in that department, you know? So, I mean, whether it's an overview of, you know, the other officers, because, you know, that trial is still, you know, I think it's going to take place in August, but, you know, it's three, it's three other officers who are involved that still, you know, will have their day in court to, you know, that's right. Prove no their innocence or guilt. Yeah, no one stopped it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, guilt by association here, failure mm-hmm. to act, failure mm-hmm. to um, intercede in the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on this, I have another question for you. I'm just, I'm full of questions tonight. Oh, that's Justin. fine. Shoot away. Bear Go, with ahead. Me. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. You're, no always, you're always so helpful. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> you. So going a little more personal for me, because I'm here in Illinois, even though mm. people have commented on where my accent could be coming from. It's <laughs> Illinois, guys. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I've heard some really interesting guesses like Maine and Canada and yeah, but I'm here in Illinois. So I can see, I can see East Coast somewhere like that. Yeah, right. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So what I'm going to say is a little personal to me because okay. it's our mayor. Mm-hmm. OK, it's our mayor, Lori Lightfoot, who when oh, she ran, okay. Mm-hmm. OK, when she ran, Justin, she ran on making sure that the police were held accountable. I kid you not. She did. I, I, I read some of the reports. Even some of the ones you sent me, that was like the main selling point, you know. Right, right. And so, I mean, you know, call me Pollyanna, but I wanted her in office because I believed mm-hmm. her. Yeah, now she's I mean, here. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, right, right. Now mm-hmm. she's here. And what is she saying? What do you think she's saying? Uh, we're going to have to wait on that. Yeah, 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 it's not not a good time. Yeah. Not going to happen. No, no, no. So I know that you and I like to go behind the lines, so to speak, um, mm-hmm. and kind of color our own picture with the dots. Mm-hmm. What is going on with the police? Why can't we get the commission that Joe Biden promised? I'm sorry, I'm going to rail on him a little bit. Why can't we get that commission of oversight so that we can root out the white supremacists from our system. Because as I said on a previous episode, you say you're free to believe what you want to believe. Well, if that includes racist behaviors and something that could cause harm to people, I say you're not free to carry that badge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, with the, with the, the situation with Mayor Lightfoot, um, I think a lot of times when when it comes to politics, uh, situations happen that people can capitalize on and they sometimes have a tendency to say things that they think people want to hear or what helped them get elected. Um, right. You know, Ugh. the thing with that is like, you know, the same energy you have to get that person elected or to see that official put in place, we have to maintain that every day while they're in office to make sure that they, you know, keep the promises that they made to us. And um, Amen. as far as like the the Biden uh, oversight commission, I saw like a maybe eight days ago, they said they were going to put that on ice as well. Um, I don't I don't exactly know what the hold up may be, but, you know, just from my perception, I mean, to start something like that, you have to make sure that everyone involved is above reproach because, you know, you have you may have one individual who will say something and, you know, just like me and you do every day, we research everything, you know, what people mm-hmm. we like and people we don't like. So, you know, you never know a situation could come up. Oh, well, you say this about police, but you took this from this union. You know, I, I, I think the vetting process would be harder than, you know, we imagine. I myself, I would love to see it. And uh, I think the main thing with that is that you're going to have to have both sides regardless. You know, I know, yeah. I know, it, you know, it sounds, you know, kumbaya-ish, you know, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying, you know, 
You can't. <laughs> you know, it's hard to reform something unless you have people who are actually part of that, you know. And um, I think that it's definitely something that we should discuss and we should keep the pressure on them to uphold that because I think the more that people are aware of something, the more that people are outraged about something, the more people are shocked, the more inclined they are to try to do something about it. And, yes, uh, and to go ahead, to I'm that sorry. point, no, you're just you're on fire, and I didn't <laughs> want to lose the thread because okay. what I see as a way to get those things accomplished is to make sure that we're electing people who are unapologetic about going for change and mm-hmm. unapologetic about the need for progress, mm-hmm. and so this is why we elect an army of progressives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So Mm -hmm. here here's my thought. Tell me what you think about these two people for the commission, because I'm I'm going full force. No one's going to stop me on trying to hold Joe Biden accountable with this commission because it is a good idea and it's Mm -hmm. needed. We're painfully aware that it's needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So Julian Castro, as much as I love Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro had a strong, strong platform on police accountability, how to get it done, what the oversight would look like and how to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. And Brittany Packnett Cunningham isn't just amazing on Twitter. She also worked on a police oversight commission during the Obama administration. Okay. So... Just like most things that I'm seeing from the Obama administration, he had it right. We just need to go further. We need mm-hmm. to do more, mm-hmm. not less, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think of those two um, being involved at the table? And I like what you said. We do need everyone at the table. It can't just be the militant, angry moms like me. It, it also has to include police. Uh, chiefs, sheriffs, you know, um, mm-hmm. local leaders in politics, black activists, because we have mm-hmm. to have our people of color at the table. This mm-hmm. is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Justin? Um, I I, uh, I would have to look more into the uh, second person you mentioned. Um, but as far as like with Julian Castro, I think that would be great because um, not only was he an advocate for it, but, you know, he can speak from another minority group as you know as far as the latino mm-hmm. community so you know i mean it's not just a you know a problem you were seeing it's just it's just happening to us you know i mean it, it happens to you know all kinds of groups you know what i mean and it's it's a it's a situation where you have to have those people who are knowledgeable of it because you know mm-hmm. you wouldn't want someone on that group who is just oh, I don't like this and I just want to see this taken away. You know, you need to have, you know, people who are well-rounded on that situation who have dealt with both sides. And, uh, you know, just from past, you know, research, I've just seen that, you know, uh, Mr. Castro, he has been, uh, you know, involved in that. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more. Now, I'm going to get a little uncomfortable here. Okay. Is it just me that sees white supremacists not only in our police, but also in our military and gets really, really concerned? I think, I think uh, it's not just you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I said I think, but I mean, it's, it's not just you, but I mean, not even a would but, but for that situation, um, just through following like just global events and just finding out how different groups work with different groups. Um, even with that, following corruption can lead you to so many different areas of, you know, of investigation because, you know, you would have groups like, uh, say, Proud Boys and, you know, mm-hmm. just looking through different research. And I'm like, the leader of them is Latino and, you know, they have different mm-hmm. groups. So, I mean, it's like, you have to see how like certain groups work together. Like even though they promote that hate on the outside, it's still money involved in the back, you know, some kind of way. Like, you know, you think about uh, the, some of the groups you see, like they could be Aryan nation, but they're arrested for like providing material support to ISIS, you know? And it's like, you would think these groups hate each other, but 
is still some common thread, which is usually money or some kind of hateful ideology towards a group that they tend to agree on. They won't let me and you see it, but mm-hmm. behind, you know, behind the scenes, it's it's there. And I think as far as the military, you you definitely have to root that out. I mean, wherever you yes. see it. And uh, I remember it was, you know, a couple of years back, a lot of the, you know, the military leaders, they were speaking out against it. And, you, you know, you have to get that out because no matter what, race doesn't matter in the foxhole. Mm-mm. You know, so, I mean, you have to have that out because if you're going to have a unit, you're going to have to have one in that same unit. And, you know, that could be detrimental if it's not, you know, handled and squashed. See, and I I totally agree with you. The The other thing that I think is really harmful, and I'm speaking from someone that has a veteran in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an ex-commissioned officer now and, and safely works in the Navy for the Admiral. But mm-hmm. Fox News is everywhere, man. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. <laughs> and the people yeah. that he talks to, um, I, you know, thank God my brother-in-law is one of the smart ones that mm-hmm. can look at things and, and research facts and kind of mm-hmm. say, yeah, what you're talking about is bunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says he deals with it every day. Everyone he talks to sounds like Fox News, quotes yeah. <laughs> Fox News, believes Fox News. And I just have to... I just have to look a little even beyond the fact that I want Fox News sued out of existence, because let's talk about who runs Fox News and the background of the Murdoch family. And this, Mm -hmm. I know you have a lot of details on. (laughs) Uh Um, Well, I think, uh, you know, like you said, you you know, they hear a lot of Fox News and, um, you know, I live in Alabama, so you may go into the dentist's office or the doctor's office or, you know, Anywhere where there's a TV on and it's going to be on Fox News. I mean, you may catch a few CNNs, but for the most part, this is a red state. So, you know, mm-hmm. but I think the the big thing with Fox News and, you know, to allude further into uh, Rupert Murdoch is that it's it's global. Yep. You know, and, uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch, he has, you know, publications all over the globe and. You know, they may say one thing in Australia that they may say different here is just I think the manipulation of that and the power that he holds with that definitely needs to be checked because, you know, I I hate to quote Kanye West on, but no one man should have all that power. And no, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, the situation with that. Even with that, it goes into other situations because, you know, you had Fox News that as, you know, sensational as they may seem like they were no match for OAN or, you know, some of the other further fringe, you know, publications that came out. But I wouldn't say with 100 percent that that didn't spawn those groups. You know, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's all part of a, you know, same tree, you know, in my book. And and guess what I think is at the root of it? Putin. I want that <laughs> man dealt with and I want him dealt with right now because well, well, this is know. this is what I said before I introduced you. And I know that you've already heard me go off on him. Um, <laughs> but what he wants at his core is for democracy to fail. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to get us into a society where facts and truth are up in the air and no one can commit to it and therefore meaningless. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to say this, but the networks that we just mentioned, that's their goal, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, when you, you know, it's a, you know, some time ago, maybe 2013, or maybe before that, uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch, he was in talks with Gazprom to put satellites in the space. So, I mean, it's, oh. you know, it's always some kind of ties there, you know, I mean, with, and that's the thing with that, with those people that have money that is too big for a nation, you know, right. the money's going to intertwine because nine times out of 10, they're hiding money in the same place. Like, oh yeah, you, you have a bank account in the Caymans. I do too, you know, Jersey, you know, different places like that. And, um, 
with 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 Putin, it's a it's more of a they they use certain tactics of Stalin, he use certain quotes of Stalin, but at the same time they try to reverse it to something else. But at yeah. its core, it's it's all about money because you think about most of the time when an oligarch is arrested in Russia and you know all the money is seized, well, it wasn't any money anyway. Usually it originated from some contract he may have gotten from Putin or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I I just want you to tell our listeners who might not be the big like dark money fiends that we are, <laughs> but <laughs> I want you to explain to them why that is important that there is a Gazprom connection with Murdoch and this should be a red flashing light. Go for it. Okay. Well, Gazprom is the uh, Russian state petroleum business. Um, pretty much they buy up interest in companies and land in other countries to further influence their uh their grasp there. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of those contracts are actually just access to the banking apparatus in that nation or that state or wherever they're um investing. So, you know, when you Perhaps look at Texas politicians? Oh yeah, of course. You know they try to find <laughs> some kind of way in there. Uh like in Texas, they still have an office in Texas and I think it's may have been in the office that Enron was in, you know, so and it, you look at back at those ties. Enron had ties to Gazprom as far back as then, you know, and, you know, like a bunch of researchers have pointed out, you know, the origins of that, what, you know, where that money came from. Wow. I just like, obviously, we have a day to day fight for our democracy. But mm -hmm. honestly, Next level, like the global battle continues. Mm -hmm. I <laughs> I have one quick question before I get into what led you to this. Um, like you're you're a barber in your community, you're enjoying your life, and then what brought you to be a dark money hunter and a global crime fighter? Um, I would think. Really, the, the 2016 election, you know, really got me interested in like, you know, how governments are ran and who puts money where. Because, you know, growing up as a child, I lived out in the country like, you know, so to entertain myself, I would read like encyclopedias and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, look at globes, trying to find out different places that I know I would never be able to visit. And uh, I think it just kind of translated now to... um you know, I like to know who's running what country and what ties they have to this country. And uh, a lot of times when you're researching certain corruption, you start to see how much they overlap. Mm. And a lot of times you can draw a pretty good, you know, uh, description of what what you're looking at, because, you know, like I said, with that, that with big money, that's, you know, global, it's it's often going to overlap because they do so much to hide it, you know. Yes. And that brings me to the original question I asked our audience before I was lucky enough to welcome you, which was, is it dark money or is it something even darker? Like, because it's starting to feel very mob oriented to me. Oh, I mean, we've got people who are directly connected to the mob working with people who used to be in the Trump administration, which I often refer to as the mob administration. <laughs> we've yeah. got people in Congress who are sexual trafficker accused. Um, like, I, I'm feeling pretty mob here. I hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. Um. And, you know, even with that, like, you know, as far as like the Matt Guy situation, um, a lot of that investigation spurred from the investigation into Joel Greenberg for, you know, cor corruption. Exactly. So, you know, yes. I mean, you follow the corruption, you're pretty much going to find the whole, uh, you know, the, the dirty, the dirty ball of uh, evil practices. Well, and Justin, I know I'm not a psychic, but honestly, anyone with any kind of intuition at this point knows that there's going to be some Trump fingerprints there. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if nothing else but to honor the uh, the Donald, you know they'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, I've been telling my family and my friends for the longest time, this is huge. Like, this mm -hmm. isn't just one it person is. that screwed up. This isn't just five people that screwed up. This is the 
biggest freaking takedown that we're trying to accomplish all mm-hmm. at once. And mm-hmm. honestly, that's the local part of it. Now mm-hmm. we have the global part of it. Just some headlines that mainstream media ignored today. Uh, one is that an individual who was a healthcare researcher at a hospital here in the United States went to prison for trying to sell trade-related secrets to China. What? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'll just put it like this. Uh, you, the United Front Work Department uh, has a bigger budget than the telecom uh, uh, <laughs> apparatus in China. So, you know. Yeah. And I just, oh, I, and now we hear that Q, which, you know, you and I were kind of on this. We already mm-hmm. felt that it was a bigger thing than just Michael Flynn. And mm-hmm. no, I'm not erasing him. He's definitely involved. I, oh, yeah. I yeah. challenge anyone to take me down on that <laughs> one. But now we're hearing that it had its origins from, guess where? Russia and China. Yeah, oh, yeah. so nice. Yeah. Uh, the, the, with, with Q, uh, you know, Ron and Jim Watkins, you know, they were uh, big time behind that, you know. And, you know, it's been different reports, you know, that came out and, you know, confirmed that it was them. And uh, the thing with, with, like, China and Russia, like, whether they started a group or not, it's sometimes cheaper for them to co-opt it once it's already started. You know, there uh, you go. You know, and you know, if it's something like that, like they have social media, and you know, they monitor their social media to further, you know, monitor us, or they vice versa. You know, um, I think a lot of the crackdowns you see happening there is because they don't want the information getting out to the public the way it does here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's just, you know, they're going to you're going to have that when they see that, you know, a lot of people are being influenced by a group or a person. They would find it in their best interest to try to at least make friends with that group or, you know, person. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm glad that you brought up how things work over here in the U.S. because there is something that used to be a bastion of the journalism community, which is that you had to have multiple sources before running with a story, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It used to be considered part of the integrity that you would have as a journalist. Now, Mm -hmm. in this particular battle, it's, I think, kind of almost hurting them. Because you'll have these one-liner things that come across social media if you follow the Department of Justice and hear about someone who tried to sell secrets to China. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to hear about it on Rachel, and you're not going to hear about it on Fox, and you're not going to hear about it on your local news channel either. So it's almost kind of the good is starting to hurt us a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of get worried because... A lot of what people are starting to wake up to now, and I really, this is one of the reasons I started the whole show in the first place, people are starting to realize that the system was always broken. It Mm -hmm. wasn't ever okay. Mm -hmm. And I just really need them to understand that there's some really big fingers behind that. And Mm -hmm. yes, we're going to take them down, but you need to saddle in. It's going to be a fight. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, yeah, true. With uh with that, you know, the I I sometimes I feel like there's a difference between uh journalistic integrity and just turning the blind eye. Yes. Because you know, yes. you know, sometimes you have to look into, you know, just a little further, like, you know, and I'm not saying you're supposed to dox anybody or anything, but I just think with like a lot of the bigger name reporters, you know, I mean, you should you know, just look at just just take five random, you know, pieces they write and, you know, just compare them and, you know, just see kind of where the head is, because, you know, the same as, you know, you have people who've been convicted and sent to prison for trying to sell secrets to China. You have people convicted for writing pieces that were sympathetic to Iran, like, you know, the guy who was writing stuff in The New York Times. You have you have different situations to where. Reporters themselves can be, you know, compromised or manipulated or ultimately paid off to print. They don't have to be outright lies, but, you know, at the most part, certain mistruths that can kind of take the guys off of whatever 
target country was written up in the first place. Yes. And so this is one of the things that I unearthed shortly after we met, actually. I got really mm-hmm. curious about Rupert Murdoch. And mm-hmm. um, you're the one that taught me the the trick of looking at who owns what and where <laughs> does the money come from. And yeah. thank you for yeah. that. Oh, no um, because... Honestly, it was a short trip. I'm not a researcher pro like you at all. And it was a short trip until I found the connection to him and Robert Maxwell. And for our listeners, Robert Maxwell is Ghislaine Maxwell's father. And guess what? He died on his boat, but nobody knows how. Whoops. Just accidental, I guess. Whoopsies. Right? (laughs) And we've seen a lot of that, haven't we? Um, Mm -hmm. Windows have been hazardous. Cars have been hazardous. Umbrellas Mm -hmm. have been hazardous. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it is just next level. And I just get a little concerned when I hear things like, we're going to work with Russia. We want to partner with Russia. (laughs) I'm pretty tempted to say, no, we don't. We are literally at war with Russia. They literally attacked our country and have continued to try and undermine every single democracy that they can get their hands on. I don't know. What do you got? Well, I mean, I I, I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, The thing with that is... Anytime you're dealing with a, like a nuclear power or someone who can cause a lot of collateral damage at one time, you have to put on your diplomatic hat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but don't get me wrong. I, I'm pissed as well. Like, you know, because <laughs> one thing that Take goes unre- unreported <laughs> with that is like uh, the way that, you know, Pergozin used those trolls forms to influence black people's votes, you know, and that, that's right. You know. And, you know, even though they attacked America, it's like it's even more maddening because they like they attacked, you know, they tried to use us in a way, you know, that's to, right. That's you right. know, to go against whatever we have going on here. But with that, I feel like uh, you have to address them the way that they hate the most. Like the same way that they hate democracy, you hit them with democracy. Uh, we're not going to shoot at you. We're just going to sanction you or we're not going to allow some of your officials to do business here anymore, which I was questionable about anyway. But, you know, um, you have to yeah. you have to you know, you have to be delicate with that situation because once it becomes emotional, then, you know, we have some unprecedented happening. I'm really glad you mentioned that doing business with certain individuals, because I have one question for you and our listeners. Was Mitch McConnell always a completely dirty, filthy animal, or was it just after they invested in the state of Kentucky to build a Russian aluminum plant? (laughs) Uh, I would would say (laughs) with Mitch, it's a... The, the, the funny thing with Mitch is like, you know, just watching now, like how Trump attacks him. Like, you know, I could just imagine how he feels, you know, like he's like, oh, well, I went above and beyond for y'all, you know. So, you know, but I think <laughs> I think more than anything, Mitch McConnell's an opportunist. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think he loves power. And um, I think that with the, that situation in Kentucky with the uh, aluminum plant, mm-hmm. that is just one of the ones that we know about. Right, you know, I exactly. mean, it, it could be several others, and it could be other countries, you know. I mean, it could be uh, it could be a country investing from somewhere else that would be just a, a go-through of Russia. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to track where all that money comes from. But I think it's once the populace gets our mind trained to look at money and look at corruption and look at motives, you know, in these situations, instead of, you know, letting our personal or our ideology come into it, because a lot of times that's what those groups want. And that's how they can throw people off the scent by, okay, well, we'll just make it look like it was racist, you know, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, you can't prosecute for that unless it's a hate crime. But, you know, the same thing with Minneapolis. When you look at that, like, of course, you know, Chavez was convicted. But what about the rest of the precinct? 
You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to look into all of those things and uh, not to get too far away from what we were first talking about. No, you're you're exactly right. And that's just it. I mean, this has been such a hard fight because it literally is the macro versus the micro. And you can't mm-hmm. actually drop either one of them. Mm-hmm. You have to take the totality of the picture in of itself. Um, mm-hmm. And what I've tried to do, Justin, is learn about the big picture and then bring it down to, OK, what can I do like today, mm-hmm. like personally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I always and you'll be amazed at what you can do. <laughs> Right. I always come up with the same answer, at least for me personally, and that is to make sure that as many progressive people get in power as possible, so long as it's not just a name and they actually do want change. And that is actually Mm -hmm. what they're going to fight for. Don't get me started on Bernie. I am not a Bernie (laughs) lover. Yeah, and and right. I know that That's I make a little bit of enemies on social media and possibly even with my listeners, but you got to read the Mueller report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bernie's yeah. not who you think he is, man. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I have uh... to say... <laughs> I, until we get money out, like completely out, and I don't know how to do that because that's literally what people need in order to get elected, right, is money. Yeah, um, and yeah. it's not me that has the billions of dollars that they need, and it's not you. So yeah. this is how we got into the mess, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, money and power, they're, uh, they're siblings. So, you know, with that, you know, you have people who have a lot of money. They're like, well... I don't like this uh, golf course being right here or, you know, uh, I don't like this being done. And the next thing you know, it's a you know, million dollar donation here or a private trip there. And, you know, you have a whole mess on your hands. But I think that we, you know, we we actually make progress when we, you know, support our watchdog organizations and we support independent journalists and researchers and, you know, Every day we try to do as much as we can to, you know, inform people with, you know, facts and truth and, you know, shine a light on that corruptness so we can, you know, try to at least get a gain on it and, you know, knock that down some to where politics can be actually for the people instead of for the dollar. Yes. Hell yes. This is what I'm all about. And one of the main reasons that I did fall in love with Elizabeth Warren is because she is the anti-corruption diva. Like she Mm -hmm. is not going to take it from anywhere Mm -hmm. um, and calls it out everywhere. Mm -hmm. So let me go to a really hard question. And I promise after that, it'll get easier. But (laughs) this is on everyone's minds, Justin. It's not just me. Okay. What is going on with the January 6th process? You know, we see that there's hundreds and hundreds of arrests. We don't see any kind of trials being set. We haven't heard anything about Roger Stone, who's up into his neck during this, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't heard about Michael Flynn, who should not be a free man walking at this point. I mean, make me feel better because I'm starting to worry here. Okay. Um, with that, uh, with the whole situation at the Capitol on January 6th, you know, when you go back and you look at events leading up to that, um, yes, you know, with the stories coming out about the leader of Proud Boys being an informant. I mean, you know, the the craziest thing to me is that everyone who went in took their phones with them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know i don't know if they understand how like you know collection happens but i mean you're just a walking wildcat basically after that you know because you're broadcasting it to the public so right i mean with with that i think i would think like you know that they they that some people have to be charged later than others because they're still building the case on them like you know you have uh several of the oath keepers who are you know have been charged and you know some have been reprimanded back to uh jail you know as we speak mm-hmm. and yep you know with with that i think probably the biggest thing with that is that it was so many different groups there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh you know you have you know, you had people who were, you know, simply there because of something, you know, related to Q. You had people who were there related to, you know, something like MAGA. You know, you had uh, Proud Boys, you had Oak Keepers. Then you had, you know, a lot of the podcast YouTube groups. But at 
the same time, like I think I saw like a like a Soviet era Vietnamese flag, you know, flying. So you know, yep. we had the Larouche people there. So I mean, it's just so many people there that, like, you know, I won't be surprised if it didn't have more of an international, you know, global, you know. Spectrum to it to where you know they had to probe stuff that's you know mm-hmm. that spans the globe because you had one of the guys that was gonna flee to Norway or something like that. Yep, and then you had yeah. the Russian national that was actually yeah. on a video <laughs> speaking in Russian, yeah, so. and yet you look for the reports in the mainstream media and they're just like, oh, it was lots of protesters, no, no, no Russians. I mean, yeah. they never mentioned it. It's like, what yeah. the hell is going on? Because for me, when you realize that there were internationals at play, then the telling the Capitol Police to stand down, the general of the army telling the National Guard not to go. This all takes on a bigger, bigger, um, a deeper influence than simply being wrong, simply being bad intel, etc. Don't you think? Uh, yes, I, I could definitely see where that, um, where, you know, where you see that. Um, I think with that, it was it was definitely a mess. And, you know, even now, and it's, you know, it's it's almost late April, I still go back and look at it and, it's, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how, you know, how did it, you know, it seems organic, but, you know, the more information we learn, you know, comes out and we see, it was like, no, they have been planning this for a long time. And, uh... Yes! Yeah, yes! It was and, just... And I know that I know I'm just speaking to the choir here because you're the person that's on it, like literally every day. Um, But I looked at something that said that Roger Stone and oh, boy, do I have some gall for him. But anyway, (laughs) Roger Stone literally bought the Stop the Steal domain. Are you ready? 2016. Mm -hmm. 2016. Yeah. Like uh, guys it, like him and Jack Abramoff, they recycle those slogans. Like a lot of times, you'll find those slogans originated long ago, but you know they find a way to bring them back because they, I, I guess, they feel they worked the first time. It's terrible, and that's just <laughs> it. He has been, and pardon anybody who doesn't want to hear with you know my delicate language here, but he has been rat fucking to use his term. <laughs> Since the 70s, yeah. and possibly even before, before that. that. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has. Uh, why, why is he not in jail? Oh! <laughs> you know, and, you know, the thing with Roger Stone is like, you know, as comical as he may seem, at the end, of, he still is, you know, he knows what, exactly what to do not to just break the law. He skirts it on a lot of times. Now, you know, some situations he had because, you know, he's being sued by the DOJ now for, like, uh, some type of, you know, moving money around like that. But, Thank God. you know, he's, he's old school. So, you know, he learned he learned a lot of those tricks, you know, back before we were even around, you know. And uh, the thing with Roger Stone that I noticed is that he doesn't care what your nationality is or where you're from. If it's something he, if you can be used, he'll work with you. It may not be on the open, but you know, uh, the part about Ali Alexander and his role in that, you know, it, that's still yet to be, you know, seen from a legal aspect, uh, you know, anyway. Um, yeah. You know, you go back to him, uh, he was donating the Al Sharpton's campaign for president in, you know, 2014, but it was just, he has his hands in so much. It's like, if you're arrested for this, you know, somebody may walk on this. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he just has a lifelong investigation to him or what. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, and that's how I started feeling about Trump. I was like, okay, you're credibly accused by how many women? Mm-hmm. You also have how many issues with your tax filings? You also mm-hmm. have, like... Just when does it end? Like, is the guy a protected frickin' informant? What is going on? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen reports of, you know, them doing that or whatever. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. I can tell you that much. I mean, I don't think I can get away with that much, you know. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, 
at the end of the day, with that much power, you never know what they know about the people who may be investigating them. And I don't, you know, they, who knows? Like, you know, I, they just seem like the black male type. So it, it would be, you know, far miss for me to just, you know, dismiss that they would be trying to do something like that, you know, oh, in a, yeah. almost a whitey bulger type, you know, scenario. Seriously. And it is a cast of characters. I'm Trump has been a criminal forever. Stone has mm-hmm. been a criminal forever. Bill mm-hmm. Barr. Don't even get me started on him. <laughs> I call him the cover up king. He has put more criminals, you know, whitewashed everything they did, made it all go away. You know, just just a simple Google search of the Iran Contra scandal, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a that's a whole bag of worms. <laughs> and I'm telling you, and the people who came out and kind of look all polished and heroic today, I'm sorry, but they have some nefarious backgrounds too. So no, mm-hmm. John Boehner, I am not letting you rehab your personality. And no, George W. Bush, you are not a good guy. Uh-uh. You might be saying something that's, you know, reasonable right now but i know what you were also involved in and it's just oh the corruption the money the mob the global transnational syndicate so let's bring it all down again (laughs) because it's always fun to get whipped up but there is so much to handle that it can feel all consuming Mm -hmm. my question Obviously, we're going to push for voting rights. Everybody who is in a democracy has to be able to vote. If we lose mm-hmm. the right to vote and only certain people are allowed to vote, that's not a democracy. No. So, Justin, here's our problem. We've got two senators that I personally know are connected to the Cook Network, you know, those stupid, evil Cook machine puppets, and mm-hmm. that is uh, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Okay, Mm -hmm. they're not going to end the filibuster. We got dirty Republicans that are looking to take people's voting rights away in the first place Mm -hmm. who we're not going to be able to go to and say, hey, I know you're totally against this, but can you vote with us, please? (laughs) So what what can we do? I mean, pressuring Joe Manchin seems like it might be possible pressuring Kristen Cinema. Did you see the picture that she had on? We just have to talk about that for a second. No, I missed it. Yeah, there was a picture of her on Instagram. And no, I am not on Instagram, but someone shared it through Twitter sphere of her sipping sangria. You got to get this in your mind now. Sipping sangria with a ring that says, fuck off. Oh. <laughs> in the picture. Okay? Wow. And I want to remember, I want everyone to remember the scene of her coming into the Senate and gleefully thumbs downing the raise the wage portion of the American Rescue Plan. You remember that? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, and then a meme was made, which I thought was very aptly designed that had her picture of her thumbs down saying fuck the poor. And now she's sipping sangria with a ring on that says fuck off. You can't tell me that she's not trying to communicate something very specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be honest, I think uh, the situation with Joe Manchin, uh, I don't I mean, I know he may, you know, uh, identify as a Democrat. But I view him as more of an independent Is he? Honestly, he's a cook brother. Um, <laughs> bought and paid for a puppet so it doesn't really yeah. matter it's just whatever yeah. his owners tell him yeah. to do yeah. uh, well you may, you gotta remember he was trying to get Trump to buy the green bar uh, a couple years ago so you know I think he's pretty much more focused on uh, the dollar than he is you know the people mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. interests of you know certain people with dollars you know Exactly. Not democracy. No, that's not important to him. (laughs) So beyond telling the West Virginians to to pound down his office door, I don't really know what to do. That's what I'm continuing to do. I'm continuing to pressure him. I'm continuing to try and make it very uncomfortable for him to stand Mm -hmm. against democracy this way. Mm -hmm. What could you suggest? Um, well, I definitely think, uh, you know, the 
the the the approach where you where you mentioned you know you 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 make yourself seen you make yourself heard you make yourself known uh every day if need be twice a day you know um the thing with that is that the biggest thing is letting them know that people see what they're doing um yes yes you know, and the 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 funny thing that with, with the whole filibuster situation is that uh they the the you know the Republican may be against it now, but you know I mean they may be against the end of the filibuster now, but it's gonna come a time where you know the 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 shoe is on the other foot and they're gonna be against the filibuster themselves. So you know you have to you know get that knowledge out about it as much as possible and you know explain it to everyone. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, explaining it to Democrats who want it anyway is not really going to help you as much as getting a few Republicans to get where you're coming from and to add on to what you, you know, already trying to do. Like you said, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's it's going to take bipartisan, you know, uh, feeling to actually get that across because, you know, you'll have certain bills that, you know, you look foolish to go against. You know, but Mm -hmm. with certain ones, you have some that, you know, there may be a politician that, you know, they can vote against and still go back to their district and, you know, still receive the same pats on the back because that's what the people from that district may have wanted. And, you know, I think the pressure campaign is, you know, safe to say probably one of the more effective methods outside of, you know, trying to recruit, you know, people members from the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And the other thing I'd be really interested in um, your research on, and and I promise this is my last question. I'm just, oh, I've been okay. so full of them. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I'm enjoying it. The, the other thing I'm interested in is this partisan hellhole is is pretty recent, actually, if you look at the history of how the Senate and um, the government has functioned. It's mm. really only been the last, what, 10 to 15 years, possibly yeah, a little bit having, longer. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering, what what could explain that in your viewpoint? Um, It's, it's an array of things. Uh, I would think... Uh, you know, donors would have a certain, you know, effect on that because mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm trying to push an unpopular idea strictly based off the fact that I'm trying to, you know, appease a certain individual, it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you have, you know, so many people with access to social media like we have now, you see more and more of it because everyone gets to give their opinion or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when when you look at it, you know, on the on the outside, we may see it as these two politicians are, oh, they hate each other. They really don't like each other. And then next thing you know, like you said, they somewhat sip the same grill with, uh, you know, F off uh, rings on together. You know, it's just you have to, mm-hmm. you know, try to, you know, look into that as much as you possibly can. Yes. And as a neophyte, and I am new, um, I only recently became politically awakened because I couldn't believe that my country elected it. And I will not not talk about him. (laughs) He does not exist. But Mm -hmm. anyway, um, even with my new eyes, what I started to wonder was, how is it that all of the country, and I kid you not, it's it's a huge margin that wants change, that wants mm-hmm. higher wages, that wants um, corporations to pay their taxes, that wants corruption to be punished, that wants the police to be held accountable. And, and just a few billionaires make it so that the entire Republican Party stands against what their own people are talking about. I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't understand it. How powerful are dollars? Apparently, very. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's like the old adage that makes the world go round. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it, it's it's saddening to say that that you know, you know, you can. It's it's different if we weren't aware of it. You know, if we just were, you know, ignorant to it. I think. You know, sometimes having that that sight to where you see that, you know, 
pretty much with everything. It's almost like a it's a gift and a curse because you know you right. like why is people not in you know enraged about this? You know you see you see something you like are people mad about that? You know and then you be like wow people not mad about this and it's just you know I don't the only you know fix that I personally see that you know the ever the average everyday person can do is just what we basically do. Um, you know, putting the time in, you know, researching and finding those truths and trying to bring it to as many people as possible, you know, in a, you know, in an informative way. Absolutely. And that is mm-hmm. why it's not just a hashtag. What I say is stay loud, stay engaged, progressive mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. And this this is just an inkling of what one person can do. And this is going to be... um a story that actually occurred back during the evil administration. Um, there was a video that was released by Racy's, which is a group in Texas of nonprofit attorneys that were trying mm-hmm. to um, help get kids out of cages and mm-hmm. get them reunited with their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and the video that was put out was of a baby being put on the floor wrapped Mm -hmm. in like aluminum foil or something it was Mm -hmm. it was heartbreaking and so justin i personally put out to my followers on social media and then i personally made phone calls as well to um julian castro and joaquin castro and jeff merkley okay Mm -hmm. because it was there in texas and i i don't know how to describe this except to say that at the end of the day, Justin, that baby, there was an injunction against the um the institution that was putting that baby's life at risk. Mm-hmm. And that baby was taken into custody. And I'm telling you right now, that baby is alive and well today because good. of our phone good. calls. Good. That's, That's good. Right. It's always good to see your, uh, you know, your efforts reap rewards like that. Exactly. And uh, you know, on that front, um, you you know, I've seen a lot of movement on the, you know, the private prisons and you know, like the geo group type, you know, that only invest in that type of thing. I've seen a lot of movement on that, and uh, you know, Barclays had uh, declined to underwrite a private prison here in Alabama, like just within the last few days. So I think. People knowing this now and making as much noise as possible about it is actually moving the needle, you know, if you want to say that much. Absolutely. And if if there's one tiny little thing that I could possibly ever see as positive with it is that it was so terrible of a human being that it woke a whole bunch of people up. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the only positive thing you'll ever hear from my lips about that man. <laughs> yeah. so, I agree. I agree. I am going to tell you, Justin, I'm super excited. I'm so glad that you were here to explain exactly how huge this really is so that people can kind of start to wrap their minds around it. Spoiler alert, it's growing every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what we can do in the meantime, and we've really made this clear, is just continue to push for change. And what I mean when I say that is every race, every district, we cannot just show up during a presidential election. We cannot just show up during midterms. We have to be active and stay engaged with every single race that's being run. And to mm-hmm. that effect, Texas has a special election coming up. I'm not endorsing, but I do say that I like Lydia Bean. She is a Warren Democrat pushing for change, and she is unapologetic about making sure that Texans have a better leader than Ted Cruz. Okay, that sounds good. That 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 sounds very good. Uh, I think that uh, definitely in Texas, they they do need a little uh, you know reform down there because you know it's, they. They in Alabama, they they they're like in that situation where uh you know the old networks pretty much still run the new networks and uh mm-hmm. yeah it'd be it'd be it'd be it'd be good to see some new blood injected into that uh that atmosphere. 
Exactly. And <laughs> you you just have to love a news cycle where certain members that lead in Texas are looking to secede and other members are asking for billions and billions of dollars to make sure that Texans still have power and that this never happens to them again. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's time for change in Texas, y'all. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I am so excited. I am going to continue to march forward in progress. And I'm really happy to have you as my friend, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Same here. Same here. You're awesome. We will definitely have you back because, (laughs) as we said, the monster grows deeper every day. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Likewise. (laughs) Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.